Hello, welcome to Tell Tales for Kids. It's the podcast that helps you develop your storytelling skills, helping you to make them up and share them with your children. My name's Julie Pryke and I'm a mum, a grandma, or rather nana, to four kids. I'm a storyteller and a children's author. Each time, I'm going to try and give you new and easy tips to storytelling. And at the end of the podcast, I'll also tell an example story for your children to listen to uh, with you or for you to tell them yourself later. So let's get going. This episode is going to be about how you develop uh, situations and locations, you know, the place where your story is set. It's episode three. But in episode one, we looked at why it's good fun to do this and how good it is for your kids and in episode two we looked at how you can develop your characters as you go along so let's look at it now developing a situation and or location for the story quite often this comes into your head the moment you begin to think of the story but sometimes you just want to tell them a story which will distract them or reassure them And so you might need to think of a specific event, situation or place to set it in. For me, these often depend on where I am at the time. If I'm walking along in the park, I may describe the characters as being there or in the woods. Then add a squirrel, a pond and or something a bit unexpected, like a magic uh, castle a huge footprint, or a piano. If I'm going to the shops with my grandchildren, then I look around at at people in shop windows and at traffic and so on. Or I might relate ideas um, about their school and holiday activities. On the bus or elsewhere, a little eavesdropping might occur, but of course... Only accidental snippets, never deliberately listening to other conversations. It's just not ethical. Uh, But I find, and I suspect a lot of people do, that quite often the story takes on a life of its own. And I am rapidly having to try and think myself out of situations that I didn't intend to get us into. What a panic, what fun. The age, understanding and experience of the individual child plays a large part in how situations change and grow. And you need to develop a sensitivity towards the child before you can truly include them in stories which they, which involve characters that they associate with. Use your own experiences as a child too. Keep telling the tale and don't be afraid. Your stories don't have to be perfect. Remember, you've got a very special audience who really appreciates you just talking to them. And the bonus is they may ask questions, add ideas or want you to explain something. But they don't have any literary, literary, oh that's a good word, literary, criticism skills. They just love what you're doing. Thanks to my elder son for pointing that out when I was panicking one day. It's a good idea to keep reading, listening to or watching children's stories and films. There's such a wealth of stories at the moment and so many talented authors 
that time and again you'll learn tips about this art from them. Decide what is your favourite style, which authors appeal to you most and try to work out why. The bonus with this is that you and the children get to read many more books. There's a pattern that these authors use regularly. They usually start off with a fairly safe situation for the characters. An ordinary world. Then something appears or something happens to provide a threat, danger or conflict which needs to be resolved. Sometimes the character tries to avoid becoming involved. Sometimes they meet a friend or guide who helps them think the problem through. Then along comes the solution, whether expected or a complete surprise. The solution to the problem may be a, well be a surprise to you too, as you are often just thinking on your feet and only have half an idea, uh, just that little bit ahead of the listener to the story. But it does work out, don't worry. Try thinking about a familiar p plot. Would you have solved the problem in the same way? Can you develop a different solution? Equally, if there's one that really doesn't work for you, make a few notes on what to avoid. It will all help with your learning and storytelling skills. One of my grandchildren enjoyed a cartoon which showed the hero in two different situations. In superhero mode, the character was intelligent, quick to act, a problem solver, but went back to being a school child, was very rude to the adults bullied other children and was generally not a nice person. I explained to my grandchild that I did not agree with how the child behaved with the family and gave a couple of examples. We had a, a discussion around behaviour and I was asked lots of difficult questions but our child chose not to watch the series in future. I think explaining and questioning is quite okay much better than assuming that that particular story was okay. Finally, told out loud stories should have conversation in them or thinking out loud by the characters to tell us, the readers, the listeners, what is going on. Then make sure your idea is pitched at the right level and not boring, repetitive or stilted. And there you have an excellent formula for writing stories. And it depends on the length of the story, of course. It can't just be continuous ch uh, chatter. Start reading and listening and you'll soon spot the pattern. So, I mentioned um, how important location was. And I mentioned a castle. You can imagine, you can alter that in so many ways. It could be a magic one in which elves live or fairies or a giant, or some witches, all the traditional ideas about castles. There could be uh, knights and ladies and a big feast going on. Or it could be up to date. It could be um, a family going round a castle that is near them, perhaps a, one that has fallen down a bit. And something goes wrong with their visit, they get separated and oh dear, what happens next? There's lots of running about, I'm sure, a bit of jumping out and making people jump and quite a lot of fun. However, 
that's just to give you an idea. I'd now like to tell you a story about what could happen in a park. I put a freebie each time on my website, www.telltales2kids.com. At this time, you'll be able to read my comments as well, which gives you pointers to help you see how I built it up. I'll tell it in a straightforward way because I don't want to confuse the children. But then, for those of you who want to stay with me, you can hear it again with my comments if you don't manage to go onto the website, okay? Well, they've gone, haven't they? Let's talk about Helen, Bobby and Dad. Helen and Bobby are twins. They're six years old. One day, whilst Mum was working, they went with Dad for a walk in the park. There was a big lake in the park with boats on it and a lot of swans and ducks to feed. Bobby and Helen asked Dad if they could go for a ride in a rowing boat, and he said yes. Dad started rowing, and Helen got a bag of stale bread out of her pocket so that they could feed the birds. A big swan came up and tried to grab the bag from her. Bobby stood up to stop it, but he tripped up and fell over the side of the boat with a big splash and an even bigger scream straight into the water. He could swim a bit, but was upset and surprised. Helen and Dad both shouted, Dad's coming, and it's okay, I'm here. Helen grasped the oars as Dad reached out as quickly as he could and grabbed the back of Bobby's trousers and pulled him back into the boat. Dad asked Helen to keep the boat steady with the oars while he made sure Bobby was okay. He took his coat off and put it round Bobby, to keep him warm again and then gave him a big hug. He told Bobby how good it was that he'd been able to swim. A man from the boathouse rode up with a blanket for Bobby and checked that they were all okay. He fastened a rope on the boat and towed them back to the boathouse. The man let them sit by his warm fire while he made them all a hot drink and gave them some biscuits to eat. Then they thanked him and went home. Now then, the reason I wrote that story was because I remembered as a child our dog having an attempt at chasing some ducks on the ice in our local park and the ice cracked and she fell in and my poor father and another man had to try and rescue her, which they did successfully. Anyway, that's the story for now. And so um, I'll start explaining it to you. It, firstly, it could just as easily have been Helen who fell in and Bobby who helped Dad. I didn't know which one it was going to be until I'd written it and it didn't really matter which. I hope that helps you when you're getting started. You can choose who to involve and in what way. And you can take into account different factors which might help you decide. For example, one child might be very shy and will get a boost from being a hero 
or a sensible person in the story. Another might be a noisy whirlwind, and taking a calmer role in the story might let them see the value of such behaviour. A third might love adventure, but never have the opportunity to take the lead until you give it to them. A child might be being bullied and you can give support and ideas through a story. And finally, a child may frequently be in bother for their behaviour and need to know that they are okay, that they're loved, that they can be who they are. These are just a few examples. I, I'm sure you can think of many more. So you have to think what sort of situation you'd like them to be in. Do you want it to be familiar, safe, a bit scary, magical, to do with their favourite hobby or something completely different? And will your audience, your children, be able to understand and relate to it? If you're involved with home teaching or you are a nursery worker or a teacher, maybe you could include a little bit of arithmetic in there, some sums for them to do, or extend their language skills a little bit. Now then, let's go back to the story and I'll read it again, but this time they're with my thoughts as I told it because I didn't write it down first, I told it first. Helen, Bobby and Dad. Helen and Bobby are twins and they are six years old. Well, I just thought of three names. I don't know any twins and I'm not sure what will happen yet. One day, whilst Mum was working, they went with Dad for a walk in the park. Well, that's a familiar setting. There was a big lake in the park with boats on it and a lot of swans and ducks to feed. So there's potential there for an incident. Bobby and Helen asked Dad if they could go for a ride in a rowing boat. He said yes, so there's more potential now. Dad started rowing and Helen got a bag of stale bread out of her pocket so they could feed the birds. Danger coming. A big swan came up and tried to grab the bag from her. <gasps> oh no! Bobby stood up and stopped it, but he tripped up and fell over the side with a big splash and an even bigger stream. And then, try and use a jokey voice. It's going to be okay, that kind of a voice. So he fell over the side of the boat with a big splash and an even bigger scream into the water. He could swim a bit, but was upset and surprised. Oh dear, the crisis has happened. Helen and Dad both shouted. Helen shouted that Dad was coming and he shouted, it's okay, I'm here. The rescue had started. The Helen grabbed the oars as Dad reached out as quickly as he could and grabbed the back of Bobby's trousers and pulled him back into the boat. A simple way of doing it. Hooray! Dad asked Helen to keep the boat steady with the oars whilst she, he made sure Bobby was okay. So Helen is involved in the story. She's doing really helpful things and reassuring things. And for some children, that might be their favourite role in the story. He took the coat off and put it around Bobby to help him get warm again and gave him a big hug. He told him how good it was that he'd been able to swim. So he praised Bobby. He didn't give him a telling off or tell him he was stupid or... Some of the things we unfortunately hear said 
occasionally. And then the man from the belt house came and made sure that Bobby was all right, checked them all over. So he's just more reassurance. And he fastened a rope to the boat and towed them back to the boathouse. And with being outside said, help, who again wasn't criticising. This was also reassuring. And he topped that up by giving them something nice and comforting, by letting them sit by his fire and making them a drink, which was nice and hot, and some biscuits to eat. And so, feeling a lot better, they all thanked him and went home and it had a happy ending. Just by the way, I often find that my stories end in biscuits and a nice warm drink. I always imagine it to be hot chocolate. Hope you've enjoyed the session. See you next time. Don't forget to look at my website www.telltalestokids.com and the two is the figure two, not the word. It's all one word, it's all lowercase. Another quick thought for you, and that is, these days we know not to feed bread to birds and ducks, as particularly swans. It uh, causes a virus in their tummy, or bacteria, sorry, in their stomachs, um, which makes them quite ill. And it's much better to buy the special food that's often sold, or maybe feed some bird seed. Okay. Hope to see you soon. Bye.